0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Ben with Bubba, episode 644, continuing our team-by-team previews to get you ready for the 2024 fantasy baseball season. We are in the NL Central, just got done with the Cardinals. Now we head to Pittsburgh for the Pittsburgh Pirates, a young team, a team that's uh, becoming a little more interesting in the fantasy landscape of things. I always joke out that even bad teams have fantasy players on them, and you can usually get them at a discount in the drafts, all things considered. So to help me preview the Pirates once again this year, coming back for round two, you find his work over at rotoballer.com. He's doing baseball, football, basketball. He's been a FSWA rider of the Year in basketball. I've got to work with this guy. Great, great dude. Uh, very smart, savvy guy. He has thunderdanbets.substack.com, All the fun stuff. He's on Twitter at thunderdandfs. Dan Palio, how you doing, my friend?
1: Awesome Bubba thanks so much for having me man I remember being here
0: last year to do the
1: Pirates uh outlook and like you said maybe there's a few more positives this year um but I I do remember last year sitting here and talking about uh, a few things that well, I got a few things right f- for the first couple of guys we're going to talk about but um plenty of stuff too that we got wrong and or we didn't know about but um always always pumped to talk Pittsburgh sports whether it's Pirates Steelers Penguins whatever but um A Pirates fan my whole life, and um, other than a few small windows, there's been some losing uh, losing teams, and it's been a struggle. But it's kind of like what Pirates fans have come to expect you know, it's like kind of what you are when you're a small market team in baseball and Mm -hmm. you don't have very good ownership, you're just going to be a struggle. But, anyways, I'm I know we're excited to talk about more of the fantasy stuff, and some terms of fantasy, there's certainly some excitement, uh, and some exciting players, uh. In Pittsburgh
0: this year so we'll see what happens yeah we can interlock the fantasy and real life all show for all I care but you guys do have a great uh a great stadium I still want to finish uh, visit it I've seen everybody, everybody tells us about that. It. So. it is I mean
1: I've I've been to a number
0: of ballparks
1: um uh mostly east coast um but yeah I mean it is tremendous and most people could come in from out of from as visiting teams tell us you know great park and we always like well we should Wish you could put a good team in it, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but it is—it's a lot of fun, and it's right now—it's cheap to go to games. That's all the time a lot. lot you get into games, and you're just there, and it's a beautiful night. And you got this this cityscape across the river. It's so—it's uh, a lot of fun either way, and it's a pretty loyal fan base. It's not like obviously uh, as big a fan base as the Steelers and stuff, but the people who are diehard Pirates fans and follow, following them for a long
0: time are are um are good are good baseball fans. So, yep, because. Dan and I are old enough to remember, obviously, but man, probably a lot of listeners aren't. That Pirates at one point were a hell of a franchise. Um, you know, I still can picture Sid Bream. Uh, the, or, and then you have the, the all, all that play at the plate, all that kind of stuff. Like, oh. But but that, my point was it was the Pirates were, like, in it year after year. Like, you know, that yeah. was Bobby Bonilla before the Mets foolishly paid him millions of dollars. And yeah. all, all, all these things. Like, they had a, a Bonds actually wore a size six hat, not eight. <laughs> um, there's, 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 there's a lot of these, like Jim Leland smoking heaters in the day. Like, I can go on and on. Yeah. It was, like, oh, it, was a, it was a fun team, a fun young team. Andy Van like, it was wow. Oh, but, uh, back so, to my youth, man. I was, yeah. I was, I was, was a, about, we were about, I think like, we're about the same age. So I was like, I think you, you'll remember this with me on this one. Sure. So, yeah. So. I remember
1: going to Old Three River Stadium before they blew it up, um, <laughs> and watching those teams. And, um, like you said, obviously, my, my dad was a huge, uh, Pittsburgh fan, I grew up in Pittsburgh and got to see the Pittsburgh. Pirates in the '60s and '70s, when they were pretty consistent, you know, a couple World Series titles, and um, yeah, in the '70s too with Willie Stargell and all that. They have a pretty rich history as a franchise, but unfortunately, since the '92 or what was that? Yeah, since '92, it's been rough, with only that um, that brief little, brief little couple wildcard appearances in the um, you know the late 2000s. There, the early McCutcheon days, we had a couple, a couple nice years, and then things have been. Again, settling into mediocrity, if not being some of the worst teams <laughs> in the league. But well, let's, hope,
0: let's hope things can get better. I don't know if it's gonna be this year. But for fantasy purposes, we'll have some fun because they do have a, a few players that definitely stand out, and some others that maybe people should pay a little more attention to potentially. And we'll start out with good old O'Neill Cruz, um, a guy we talked about last year. Uh, we know the talent's great he just got hurt again, never came yep. back. He played a total of 9 games uh in in the bigs. It was not obviously a lost season. But right now his price tag is at ADP at 92 over the last 11 drafts. Is this something you could be into because I have not picked him yet?
1: Yeah, last year we both were a little were out on him, I remember because it was a lot of hype surrounding him. Um it's I obviously I think some of his injury history is baked into that like obviously he Could be going higher if we knew that he was going to be healthy the full season or if we've seen what he could actually do a full season but um i that still seems a little high to me based on we just he he doesn't make a ton of contact he's not we haven't seen him hit for average yet um strikes out a lot um obviously a lot of stolen base upside which is great but um i think it's a little high for a guy that's still I mean, if we had seen him even play 50 or 60 games last year, we'd get a better baseline for what we can expect from him. But we played nine games. Uh, it just It's a huge – It to, to go that early on him, it's a huge question mark. Even though though he's so toolsy and so um, such upside, I think that's that's really
0: risky that early. Yep, I'm 100% with you. That's why I'm just kind of off it for now. I need to see him actually do it and not and right. just tell me about it type story. So I'm with you right. on that one. A player going about three picks after uh, Cruz around 95 ADP is Brian Reynolds. Okay, we have seen him do it for three consecutive seasons, 24 home runs, 12 steals last year, I hit in 263. We kind of know who Brian Reynolds is now. It's a pretty darn good ball player. So uh, what are your thoughts on Reynolds going into this season?
1: Well, I'm, I'm kind of where we're, I know, again, we were pretty much in agreement on this last year where he was, he was going later than this last year. Um, and he was like, had a good year you know he's a safe guy he, you know he can hit from both sides of the plate you know he's gonna hit for average with some power mixed in there I've, obviously he started off like what guns ablaze in the first few yeah. months he was unreal and that he did taper off but um he's just a really good baseball player like you said we've got a, a nice uh baseline is, of what he can do uh i don't think he's gonna exceed that much he's probably you're probably getting him close to his ceiling there i don't think he's gonna go beyond that much but um you really can't. I can't really argue there. If you want a nice safe pick, right around there is about probably going to do what we what he's been doing.
0: Yeah, I'm 100 with you. That's kind of the argument or discussion I've had with other people because there's some people <laughs> really really high on Brian Reynolds, and my two cents is he's a 25 ish home run guy. If he gets real good, he'll hit 30 uh he's yeah. like a 10 to 15 steals guy so it's like, like you said identical to kind of what we've seen of late i guess the only thing we could hope for is a better batting average and like 260 still good in this era and he's done the last two years we've seen a much higher average too so i guess that's the only area i think things would change with him potentially but all in all it's a great floor it's a phenomenal floor yeah. that, that you can definitely build around your team so i'm with you on that one a player I am very interested to hear your thoughts on is Cabrian Hayes, uh, ADP of 168 last year, dealt with back injury most of the season, but came back, finished with 15 homers, 10 steals, 271. That last month or so of the season, uh, you played DFS, you saw it, he was hitting like crazy, yeah. and it was it was a good sign to see him finish the year that way, so are we in on Hayes going to 2024? I, I really want to be um we haven't we still haven't seen him
1: do it a full year like we talked about with Cruz but at least we have a bigger sample um i know one of the things they talked about last year with him was um maybe a, a change in his launch angle he wasn't pounding the ball into the ground as much he was elevating it which was more line drives more doubles and um obviously he's uh he's a guy who the parts really need to hit like he's part cut probably the the one of the big keys to that offense if he can uh to kind of replicate what he did down the stretch um but yeah i mean third base like uh, like a, a position where you know like that late in drafts you're like looking for somebody that if you didn't go for somebody early i think i think he's a pretty compelling pick there um based on what he's done and uh, if he stays healthy i you know, could have a breakout year yeah
0: i like him Yep, I'm with you. If the launch angle changes we saw it was it was pretty drastic. Something we've been waiting for for a long time. If yeah. that carries over to this year and he stays healthy, like this is the guy that I think many people were talking about a few years ago. So right. it could be a hell of a value if he stays healthy and I'm I'm willing to take that chance like you said around 170 ADP. I can definitely see cuz around there you're starting to look at guys like Eugenio Suarez and and uh, Matt Chapman and others like I think, you know, Harris or uh, Hayes could have like a the power speed combo that they don't have. Right. So and the contact
1: way. skills, those are all those are all big strikeout guys, you know, where like true you know, home, home runder bust, like he's got good con- he's got good um good contact skills. He's not a guy that strikes out a lot. So, it's one of those things where like you said if he can put it all together, he's a real toolsy player and um I'm I'm cautiously optimistic on him, a little bit still cautiously pessimistic about O'Neal Cruz just cuz you know and i think it makes sense to always go over under the hype too you know the hype if the hype was around Cruz, around on him people
0: are sleeping on Hayes, higher on the higher than the field you know yep totally agree with you on that one price dictates a ton of it uh jack Sowinski, captain jack this has been a fun guy uh, adp of 252 right now power is undeniable 26 home runs last year Threw in thirteen bags in the new steals environment. That was nice. Hit two twenty four. Average has always been kind of a downfall of Jack. But yeah. I was actually shocked to see he's only going to be twenty five this year. He's pretty darn young, all things considered. Yeah. Um, are you in on on Captain Jack? Because I am, but I've also been told to temper it. But who knows? What are your thoughts?
1: I, I would have apologized to him first because I remember being on the show last year thing and I kind of trashed him. I was like, "This is guy. This is the guy I can't." can't hit consistently, he's he striking a big hole in the swing, um, but he, you know, he did it. I mean, he, I think, exceeded everyone's expectations last year um, and made better contact than we thought, has a little bit of sneaky speed. Um, it, you know, <laughs> I would say tempered expectations only because I, I'm this kind of negative Pittsburgh fan that thinks we can't have good things, and he has no pedigree, he came out of nowhere, you know, he's not like a big, not a big... Uh, past of of being good. So, is he gonna surpass what he did last year? I don't know. Can he, if, is he gonna give us what he did last year or be close to that? Maybe if things go right. You know, um, I don't think he's like on a true trajectory
0: to be some kind of a, you know, thirty home run guy. I don't know. Yeah, what's really tough with Jack and it's it's why I can I need to start tempering it is he's so extremely streaky. Like he's so yes. extremely streaky that rostering him at the right times type thing can be very annoying throughout your season. Right. So um, that would be my thing because he'll platoon. Like there's a lot of that kind of stuff. And uh, when he's on, one of the best power hitters in baseball. When he's off, he's off, off. So uh, right.
1: Yeah, and the fact that he still can't really hit lefties means he's kind of going to fall into a platoon. And the Pirates don't mind platooning guys. They, they're going to do it at first base. They're going to do it in the outfield because, you know, they're trying to get every advantage they can. So I think those are the big negatives. It's just that, you know, you're not getting a true – everyday guy, and, um, you know, if he goes the wrong way, if he if he goes, you know, hits 20 points lower and,
0: you know, strikes out a few more times, now you're looking at a bust, so. Yep, 100%. Uh, you mentioned platooning at first base. Well, the reason they have that option is they picked up Rowdy Tellez this season. Uh, Rowdy telez has an ADP of 416. He only hit 13 home runs last year in 106 games. We found out he played with a wrist injury for quite some time before he went on the IL and got that taken care of. So what's your thoughts on Rowdy coming to this year in a new environment, nothing to lose? Um, you know, very cheap. I mean, I like Rowdy as a player. Like he's fun and as a big guy, I love
1: seeing like him out there doing his thing. Um, he was a he burned me bad last year in some leagues that I had him in. Um, with where I took him. And I thought I thought he was gonna have a breakout year last year, and obviously he was a huge disappointment. Um, I'm probably gonna be rooting for him as a fan, but probably not very invested in terms of uh fantasy unless you know like you said he's unless he's totally free at the end of the draft and you got you know nothing else but i I really can't invest in him and trust him as my my you know first base like my actual first base maybe as a backup or whatever
0: i'm with you it's uh, best a backup corner infielder stuff like that it's tricky to have him as the main guy uh, at first base i'm hoping for the best i want to see rowdy rowdy time uh, yeah, that'd be great. But
1: man. I mean, there's a short porch over in right field, which is nice for him. Yeah. But he's got a he's got a big con- he's got oh, to stay healthy. He's yeah. got to make contact. At yeah. least there's you know there's a DH in the NL now, so he can potentially DH a little bit if they want to do that and mess around with that. But um, I, I would say you know low expectations and anything over that is going to be a bonus.
0: Speaking of the DH role, Andrew McCutcheon is returning to Pittsburgh. Had an amazing <laughs> you know tweet about the whole. Um, Totally, playing to his DiCaprio doing the the speech. Right? <laughs> I'm just playing on what movie that was called. now. yeah, yeah, um, oh, The Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, and I'm like, come yeah, on, yeah. you've know, seen this a million times. Um, he's doing the whole speech, but he went over. It, it was beautiful. It was well done. On it was Pirates PR. Or oh PR my PR god! Run, but it was great. Um, he hit 12 home runs last year, still 11 bags, hit 256 in 112 games. He's probably not going to play all the time, obviously, but still proves he can do a little bit. He wants to basically die a pirate. What it feels like, um, yeah. ADP's 596. Like is there it's tough for me to see him playing enough to return the value, but again, it's 596. So what's the value? What are your thoughts on McCutcheon? Yeah, basically
1: that like what you said, like he's if he's pretty much free at the end of drafts. Um obviously in the right formats, you could could get some value there. Is he gonna stay healthy enough? You know, hopefully hopefully he doesn't have any kind of major injury again. Um But like again, we talked about this last year. He's such value. He's value added for the franchise just because people come to see him and he signs the autographs. He's such a positive guy for the for the franchise. So they're gonna trot him out there when he's healthy. They're gonna put him out there. People want to come. Maybe it's his last year. You know, see him in his last year, and so do his curtain call. So there's. I think he'll play as as much as he can is able to, um, and. But I don't know if you're going to get much beyond what you saw last year. You know, his skills are obviously declining a bit. And um, I, you know, can't imagine he's going to do much more than he did last year. So yeah.
0: now, I'm with you. Like I'm rooting for him. I love Cutch. Even the little time I spent in San Francisco, it was like, yeah, right. It's just his personality is just, it's awesome. We got to love it. I'm glad it's, it's where it's good to see a player go to us back to a, a, a smaller franchise like pittsburgh and do this because like you said it's great for the fans like he'll sit there and sign autographs for the kids like he's gonna embrace the whole thing which is perfect it's what you need especially if your team's not gonna win you need something like that that's yeah the, the brass of it all so it, it's good to see so i'm rooting for him i'm gonna definitely be pulling for him not sure where in fantasy he lines up with me i wouldn't be shocked if i stream him some week throughout the year yeah shock me a bit, but uh, mm-hmm. very tough elsewhere streamer and like you know dfs against lefties or something 100 percent lefties because they'll, they'll bat him in the middle of the order just because it's cut yeah just, it's probably written into his contract i can't bet worse than fifth like i came <laughs> back I guess so we'll... let's make a deal <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I, I can see that um yeah. let's talk henry davis here because this is an interesting ah. one you know his big time catching prospect comes up plays the outfield it's 213 seven homers three steals in 62 games he looked outmatched, but a lot of prospects look out look outmatched when they come up. So I'm, I'm not holding that part against him. Uh, he's also playing a new position, which can't be easy. It looks like he's going to be. They want him to be the main catcher now because Enriquez right. is uh, out for the season with an injury. Um, Davis has an ADP at 232 on NFPC outfield only. He'll gain catcher. All, that's why people are drafting him so high. What are your thoughts? What are you hearing on Henry Davis? Because the expectations were extremely high in the fantasy streets last year and yeah. obviously didn't meet up to them. well I mean,
1: it doesn't help when they put out these these hype videos of the uh, you've seen like the driveline videos and stuff yeah, and, yeah. I mean if you watch those videos you're like yeah dude give me this guy he looks awesome you know yeah. um I, I think I think I'm again kind of high on him the catcher eligibility is going to be huge um he's he's a good contact hitter I think I don't think we saw that last year he only hit uh what 230 or 240 or whatever yeah and, and I think he's capable of being 270, 280. Um, and obviously they want a good bat in the lineup. They don't want to have to throw some retrade catcher back there that like they've done in years past and kind of elevates the whole lineup when you actually have a catcher who can hit, you can run a little bit. Um, so I, I think he's going to get a great opportunity to play, probably a good lineup spot. I can't imagine he hits any lower than fifth or sixth, right, somewhere in there or maybe higher. So, again, I'm, I'm in on him. Um, hopefully he made some adjustments and like you said, kind of his first go around got the experience and is better to better off this year. Mm-hmm. And I think he's one guy who, you know, it does have a pedigree it does have a ton of, um, you know, upside. And I think he's a guy who could break
0: out. So you yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people high on him. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how this one goes. I don't have any shares yet, but I'm, I'm aggressive on some catchers ahead of him per se, but oh, I'm yeah. curious to see how it pans out with the, uh, with Mr. Henry Davis. Now, a player I have a lot of shares of in draft and hold formats because you have to draft 50 players is the over Pagera. Uh I'm, I'm really curious your thoughts on him. He's supposed to play second base for now with Cruz coming back to shortstop. We saw some de- a little bit of power, a lot of speed in the minors, hit for average in uh, 59 games with the Pirates this past year, seven homers, six steals by hitting 237, and right now has an ADP of 407. So what's your thoughts on Pagera, Who At least one reason why I like him, looks like he's going to play every day that's the thing if he's gonna play
1: every day i know i know um you know juan bay is, is there and was the uh, was the guy last year and stole a bunch of bases and but he came up and and basically forced his way into playing time um hopefully he can cut down the strikeouts like i'm looking at like 11 walks to six to seven strikeouts that's that's not great right from a middle infielder um obviously we want more contact more on base skills um but in terms of power and speed you know seven homers and six stolen bases and only about uh, 200 you know, if you, you do that over the course of, what, 450 or 500 at-bats, you know, that those numbers will certainly play. Um, so, cautiously optimistic, but, you know, again, we haven't – it's a small sample size. We haven't seen them do it over the course of a whole year. So, uh, what would you say? 80 p 450. So, it's it's like something – yeah.
0: I'm looking. It's, it, it, it's down there. 407, 408. Yeah. Oh,
1: 408, There we go. Yeah, so, I mean – yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm a little bit I'm a little bit torn on him, I guess.
0: Yeah, I get if it just comes down to the playing time. If he plays, I'm I'm all about that life. If the pirates get silly on me, which they could, then it gets rough. They can't. Um, <laughs> yes, they definitely can. A lot of these teams can. That's what's annoying. There's a lot more platooning these days, which I get from a baseball standpoint, not fun for us. Right. Um Joshua Palacios, I call him one of the fighting Palacios. Um, (laughs) They both had a lot of fun this past year. The brothers uh, in baseball, especially in September. One of them was homering every night, it felt like, down the stretch. Um, And in in 91 games, 10 homers, 5 steals, hit 239, ADPs around 590. Uh, What's your thoughts on Joshua Palacios this year? Yeah, I I mean, he's
1: 28 years old, so it's like one of those things where you're probably like a now or never kind of thing, right? Like this is his... This is his chance, right? A kind of last chance to, to make it or break it in the bigs. Um, 10 homers and 250 at-bats is impressive. Like, I don't care who you are. He obviously, you know, has some has some tools, has some skills. Um, the opportunity, like, is, is probably going to be there. Like, I assume he's going to be the, what, the fourth outfielder or if he's going to be uh, platooning or, you know, it depends on how that all shakes out if he's – I can't see him playing every day, but probably two out of every three days or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably enough in terms of to get us the bats we need. So, yeah, I mean, pretty interesting. I, I don't see a, a whole lot of other guys that are better than him that they're going to jump him or, or, you know, demand playing time over him. So, yeah, I mean, it's – again, it's cost. Like, he's down all the way down there at what? You said five the 590.
0: Like, right. So – just, what are you
1: really risking? Right. What are you really risking down
0: there? 100%. Uh, just a quick question on, like, you, you mentioned some platoons with maybe Rowdy or Jack or even Palacios. Uh, the main platoon partners would likely be Connor Joe, Edward Oliveras, who they picked up from right. the Royals. Um, what are your thoughts on those guys just in general? They're both, like, pretty cheap in drafts. We've seen we've seen both have their moments when they've been able to yeah. play. But with the uh, platoons, it's it, it's pretty tricky to get a feel on what's going on.
1: Yeah, Connor Joe even had
0: uh, quite a quite a bit of opportunity
1: last year. And like you said, he was kind of red, hot and cold. Both guys are like big time splits guys, right? Like platoon, like both hit lefties really well, um, but I've never really been able to like, you know, put it all together for a full season. Um, I like both players. I just don't know that either of them are going to be are going to get enough time to really be worth drafting. You know, I mean they're going to be probably pretty committed to those platoons unless somebody's like red hot you know and they just want to play through it so it's kind of a mess
0: yeah uh, that that's the the tough part i was looking at they're cheap but i don't know if they play enough to be worth my yeah. time Right. All right, let's head to the bump and let's talk about the man that finally did it after all these years of everyone saying it's going to happen, <laughs> Mitch Keller at age 27 yes. through 194 innings. Ratios weren't what you'd expect, 4 to one but the ex-FIP uh, Sierra is pointing to a much better season. And when you really look at it, strikeouts improved. Like He was the horse we've been dreaming of when it comes to Mitch Keller, and that comes at a, a new price tag for him. He has like an ADP of 168 now on draft day. How are we feeling about Mitch Keller this year entering his age 28 season?
1: Well, obviously uh, not the victory lap, but like we were, we, we talked about Mitch Keller last year and we're like, you know, this is the year now or never. And he, and he actually did it. Um, he had his bumps, so obviously he came out red hot and then he, he regressed a little bit. And, but the fact that he then turned it back on in the second yeah. half and, and finished strong told me that like, it wasn't just a fluke. Like, it wasn't just a, a five or ten games where he was just on. Like he made the adjustments, started throwing a sinker more, right? Like did whatever he had to do, um, and finished out strong. Man, two hundred and ten strikeouts, like, and and making it the whole way through the season, almost two hundred innings. Like, that's what you want. So, I think I think he's figured. I think he's that guy now. I think we probably can count on him. Um, the cost, obviously, like you said, it's not it's not free anymore. It's not. So you have to kind of weigh. Who else is around there? Like, like, give me a, give me a well, either or. Like, who else is being drafted right around there as a starter?
0: As a starter with Mitch Keller, like you have Gavin Williams right in front of him. Yeah, you got Jose Barrios right behind him. And that's tough. Like those guys. Tough are, range.
1: That it's no. So you're really. So you're really making a, a tough, a tough pick because obviously we know Barrios is is pretty good and done it before. We know Williams has a ton of probably more upside in terms of his raw stuff is fantastic but um yeah so it, it, i probably i'd probably wait and see if he fell a little bit for uh, to me a little bit later than going that high but i still like mitch i think he's going to have a good year i just think it's you're not you're not surprising anybody with him so don't i wouldn't overpay cuz he's i think he's good but not he's not going to be elite he's for for us for the pirates he's amazing um he's probably going to be a number 2 or number 3 on any other a lot of other staffs
0: no, that's that's a great point. He's a two or three on most staff, so when you're drafting him, remember that uh, he's not right. your fantasy ace. He could be very good. It is interesting to see those pitchers around him because um, I, I do like Keller, but I see the other guys, and I'm sitting there. At that at that price, I kind of want a little more juice, I think, in, in the yeah. series. And that, that's what's tricky there. And like Keller could still put together a great season. I'm not denying that, but it, it just feels a little different looking at it uh, compared to most seasons with Michael yeah. Keller. I agree 100%. We're on the same page there now the opposite of this is Martin Perez will probably the rest of the rotation, but Martin Perez, um, you know, we kind of know who he is boring bet, throw some innings, not get crushed, crushed, but probably not give you, you know, lights out shutouts very often ADP of 600. Does that even interest you in Martin Perez?
1: I'll I'll be honest. Um, I mean, I know last year he, he slid back a little bit into like who he had been when he was coming off the big year in 2022, the only thing about, and this is what's interesting about the rotation, they have three lefties in there right now, right? With and the two veterans, and then Bailey Falter maybe as the fifth um, left-handed guys in that park. You know, that park really plays well for like flyball pitchers um, who are lefties because it's just a it's a huge left field, and and obviously the north side notch is like four ten or whatever. So we've seen some left-handed guys um, who are just mediocre-ish put up decent numbers there and decent have even the rich Hill was like pretty decent at home last year. Um, so the park favors them. Um, you know, if they're going to be, be, be trotting them out there pretty much every time. I mean, why not give Martin Perez a shot? I think he's got probably a little more juice than Gonzalez. I know we're gonna talk about Marco here in a yeah. second. Um, and we've seen him, you know, I don't know if he's gonna make some more adjustments. That's kind of Martin Perez's thing was like, he, he, struggled in his 20s and it got to his 30s and he started throwing cutters and and kind of fooling around with his pitch mix and who knows if they unlock another pitch for him or if, yeah I, it's totally a, a crapshoot but I'm down that cheap i mean he's a number two starter on the team why why
0: not yeah and uh the the plus side why i've i've always late in the uh, 50-round drafts i'll target pirates pitching these veterans because they have to eat up innings they need them right. to eat up innings so martin Perez, as long as he's not getting like literally hit out of the ballpark, like yep. literally hit out of the ballpark, not the ball, him. He's probably going to throw five to six innings every time out there yeah. as long as he can. So there's a big plus to that at pick 600 in and draft and roll format. So I do agree with you there. You mentioned Mark Marco Gonzalez. He's going at 626, about two rounds after uh Martin Perez. And I agree. I think Marco's got a lot more proving to do. It's weird because at one point, Marco was a much better pitcher than Martin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but between injuries and, and whatnot, it's it's kind of backtracked quite a bit. But going to Pittsburgh is also, like again, no, no stress. Just go out there and pitch. So what's your yeah. thoughts on Marco?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously hoping for the best with him. And I, I, he's a guy that can get ground balls when he's on. Um, he you know, doesn't have any over, kind of overpowering stuff. He's really a guy that's got to hit his spots and – um you know we've seen him pitch really well at times um even just a couple years ago in seattle I won 183 innings he can eat innings uh, he pitches to contact a lot but like um you know like you said he's probably is a guy who like unless he's getting totally torched in the second inning and you have 10 runs he's they're gonna leave him out there let him eat up some innings um i guess i i just like Perez a little more as a pitcher in terms of what what he does and what he throws but um you know, we'll see with Marco. Fifty coming off fifty innings though last year, obviously with the five two ERA, like this question marks to his durability—is he going to be healthy? Obviously, that's that's a big big question.
0: Yeah, the the, the durability—we'll uh, talk about some uh, potential call ups. Maybe there are some options, but I think they need him to stick around because we got Luis Ortiz uh, coming off of eighty six innings with the the overall though through about one hundred and forty innings. I'll say that much between AAA and the bigs. So that's right. pretty pretty good. You know, four seven eight ERA, not ideal. Strikeouts were not great at all. But mm-hmm. twenty five years old, going to be twenty six. ADP seven twenty four. So, uh, what's your thoughts on Luis Ortiz? Is it worth just kind of sitting and waiting, or are you willing to take a chance? I'm probably not. I'm probably out on him. I I don't really love him, and
1: I've not been a real big fan. He had a couple nice starts last year, but overall, like way too many walks. Um, he's got a lot of control problems and. Uh, in general, just I'm not. I don't. I don't. I think he's more of a placeholder for the than anything else to totally get some of these other guys up. So not not super optimistic on him, to
0: be honest. What about Bailey Falter? He's got a 7.37. We've seen goods and bads from him as well. He seemed to be better as like a long man before a starter, but he's 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 had his moments. Any any interest there? Yeah, he has that. I
1: mean, he has flashed. We get a couple, you know, a couple stretches with the Phillies where you thought like this guy. Has some decent stuff has some strikeout stuff um you know what 60 strikeouts across 80 innings um again him being left-handed plays well at home um i i give him the benefit of the doubt there but and, and then of course his 2022 numbers looks like he had a year or four uh, again 74 strikeouts across 84 innings at least he's got some strikeout stuff um and at least he you know is a lefty who at home has that park park factor in his favor um, I'm a little more intrigued by him being a younger guy, too, what, 25, 26, yep. uh, uh, than I am like with Marco and and the, yeah, the other
0: veterans. Yep. Yeah, Falter, I think, has the upper hand on Ortiz just because Ortiz has struggled. Could go back to the minors and see what happens there, but uh, we'll talk about the minors in a minute because okay. obviously everyone, everyone knows the main name to discuss there. We'll get to him. Yeah. Let's go to the bullpen where this guy just – amazes me every single season. It's David Bennar because yeah. when you look at the guy, like and as a big guy, you know, we could say these things. No, it doesn't look overwhelming. Like he oh. just does his thing. But he, he continuously, like 67 innings last year, 39 saves. Ever since they've kind of given him the rock in the end, he's been great. Two ERA, strikeouts have been there. He's just a steady, consistent force in the back end of that bullpen. Right now he's got an ADP of 61 going right after – Rysel Iglesias, Camilo Duvall, so he's in that pocket of closers. Johan Duran goes a little before them. What's your thoughts on Bednar? Because the other reason I'm impressed with this guy, he's not that old, and every moment it seems like he's, oh, he could be traded. He could be traded. Yeah, right. all he hears all the time, and then he just grabs the pill and goes and deals. Like He doesn't face him one bit.
1: Yeah, I love the guy. I mean, he's awesome. I, I'm surprised he's still a pirate. I, we've, been, yeah. we've been waiting for him to depart for two years um, at both deadlines. I thought for sure he was gone. Um, it is fun to watch a pitch because like you said, he doesn't have like ridiculous, he doesn't throw hundred miles an hour, right? He just has some awesome He has an awesome breaking ball. And he's just this guy that like, he's all fired up out there. Um, he's been incredibly consistent. I just read an article this morning. I forget what it was on Yahoo or somewhere else that put him in the top overvalued closers. Don't draft him. Uh, I think the only argument is that he, you're drafting him at probably at his Peak right at his ceiling Um, and I know it's tough with closers because there's you know you got to grab one early you got to get one early but um, I don't know there's certainly the all the all the signs point to him probably he's been pitching at or above his ceiling that's probably the only argument I would say for not taking that as ADP if he would fall a little bit great I, I love him he's super consistent he's done it before but is he is he are you, are you gonna exceed what he's done in the past i can't really see him doing that especially on a team that's probably not going to win more than what 80 games 75, 80 games
0: yeah that's one of the big talking points is how many saves are actually going to be there the fact he got 39 last year pretty impressive that's called yeah. cashing. that's cashing in on every opportunity basically uh, yeah. so that that's kind of the bugaboo because i think that's one reason why in the past he was game drafted a little later you're like okay i'll get like 22 24 save which is still very good right. but like if i got a chance to get closer to 40 like that's that elite tier we talk about yeah um the other thing is give your pirates credit as much as you, they might not spend money and stuff they're at least making sure they get value back for bednar because he still has two more years before he's a free agent so he still has he's not a free agent until 2027 so he still has our he's are eligible for the next x amount of years yeah um that's pretty darn good for a closer so like when he was first on the block he had like four more years of control like they were so at least right. they were asking for the right stuff compared to right just like oh let's just take what we can get um, which we see that's the only, too. Yeah, only reason I think he might stick around one more year is that they just yep. love the fact that he's under control for that much longer. So, Yeah, unless someone brings that. Basically, you need a massive contender like a Braves, a Dodgers, something like that, that's closer gets hurt, and they need a guy badly. They, yeah. they'll, they'll pay whatever it takes. They don't care, and yeah. they'll bring him over. Otherwise, I don't see a lot of teams ponying up until next year when he's got like one year left. Yeah, that makes total sense, yep. We'll see how that goes. That's the business side of things, folks. Um, <laughs> let's talk – well, is there anybody else that interests you? They did get a role as Chapman. Um, like, we don't want Bednar to go down, obviously. But if no. he go down, you'd imagine it's Chapman. But there's also some other good arms in that bullpen. Like, it's a young, pretty fun bullpen. Is there anybody else of interest for you?
1: Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where, um, like, like they could have Ronzi in the bullpen this year, which is, like – That could be interesting, yeah. Really interesting, you know. Um like you said, there's they're kind of all they're all similar pictures. Like I don't know who who would be the guy if it wasn't Bednar or Chapman, right? Like it, they all have a pretty similar kind of portfolio. I don't know what you would call it, uh, in terms of what they've done and, and what they offer. Um yeah, I mean a is gonna get drafted because people um people want that next guy, right? Or they want the setup man or whatever he ends up being. But uh, outside of that, it's kind of a. I mean, you're speculating on what they would do with any of these other guys. I don't really have anyone that really jumps off the okay. paper. Obviously, obviously, Ronzi, if to see what they end up doing with him, but.
0: Yep, not that really. makes, makes a ton of sense. It's, it's an interesting dynamic. Again, a team that might not win enough games to matter, anyways, but something to think about. Now, the fun part. Let's talk prospects. Obviously, Mister Skeens leads the list. What are your What are you hearing? What are your expectations? What are your thoughts this year? Because I will say, if you do like Paul Skeens, the number one overall pick from last year's draft out of LSU, I believe um, ADP's three hundred and fifty. So you have to pay for him if you yeah. want. Here is the thing:
1: like <laughs> we've talked, you and I've talked before about the Pirates and how they really tend not to brush guys or push guys through early. Um, it has. Is there been a more MLB ready guy though than Skeens in the last couple of years? Like yep. he just he looks like he could take the ball tomorrow and go out and throw seven innings. Like I wish they would bring him up at least. You know, I know all the all the reasons they don't. The times the the uh, you know starting the clock on his time and everything. But um a part of me just thinks they know it's another lost season and they're not going to rush him. They want to get him some time in the minors. I think paying that price for him without knowing that he'll up throw. That pitch in the big league level seems seems high. And I know he's got a massive ceiling, but um, I don't have a lot of faith in them to embrace. Other clubs have embraced the bring the guys up early and let them go. But uh, we haven't really seen that with the Pirates. I guess Henry Davis is up pretty early, but, you know, it's a position of need for them. I don't know. It's real. I was trying to read before we got on the show to see if there's any more breaking news about him, but I haven't really seen anything. So we're all just speculating here, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's he threw enough in college. Like he could, like you said, he could take it tomorrow and probably give you like 120 innings, and you'd be like, cool, like no problem. I guess it just depends on do the Cardinals or do the Pirates want to start the clock? That's a thing we're seeing more of, at least with pitchers, because everyone's getting surgery now. So it's almost like, well, might as well use him while we got him. Like, True. go why? Because he doesn't need seasoning, like you said. He doesn't need to, like certain pitchers need to develop. He doesn't. He's good. Let's go. So right. I'm really curious to see how this plays out. Because we could all, none of us would be shocked if he's on the opening day roster. But at the same time, none of us would be shocked if he sits in AAA until after the All Star break. So, right, yeah, it's, I a, mean, it's a wide range.
1: Ideally, for me, they would they would send him down for like three or four starts in April, let him get his foot footing at AAA. If he's pitching well AAA by by the time you know May rolls around, there's no reason he's not up at the big club. I think that just makes sense. But again, we don't know. The Pirates have traditionally not always. Made the most logical decisions, so uh, we'll
0: see. Yep, yep. It'll be very interesting to see how it all transpires. Are there any other prospects of note in Pittsburgh, or are we just kind of hanging out this year? Well, I would say Quinn Priester, but boy, was he terrible last year—just, yeah. just,
1: just bad. Um, I don't know. I don't didn't do a real deep, That's fine. Uh, big, deep dive on him in terms of. What went wrong because he had pretty good numbers in the in AAA and in the in the minor leagues. But when he was up at the big league, he was just getting shelled. Um, I think there there's still a little bit of hope that he could have a Mitch Keller type revival or something and kind of like figure it out. Um outside of him, man, none of these guys really jump off. Um just double checking my list here. Yeah. Nick, in, oh, Nick Gonzalez came up for a little bit last year, and it's like you know, I don't know that he's He's kind of being blocked now by, you know, by by the fact that Cruz is back and, and the big Perguero is going to play the second. Oh,
0: yeah. Not that a looks lot. Kind of, looks like it's a little ways away. That's the way yeah. I, I see it. Like, looking at most things, I look at, like, I have, like, James Anderson's board up. Um, he does have – he bases his on fantasy impact. He does have four in the top 50 – or top 100, I should say – but they're not like ringing endorsements, so it's like, yeah, not not for this year type thing. It's, right, Bubba
1: Chandler's the guy that they talk yep, about a lot, but hasn't yep. yeah, hasn't done a whole lot. I mean, I don't think there many of them
0: are this year guys. Or if, if they are, they're going to be like September type call ups, you know. Yep. Well, we'll see how it goes. Um, the question I end every preview with, as a fan now, not fantasy related. What are your expectations? What are you hoping to see this year? from the Pittsburgh Pirates? Well, I
1: think as a fan, you want to see them, you want to see the offense get going. Um, I, you know, the, the pitching's probably decent enough to keep them in games, um, and I think Mitch is going to be good, if not great, and that these other, they can kind of piece together enough decent veterans um, alongside maybe a couple of other young guys that have a good season. Uh, to keep them in games, but they, they, I think, everyone wants to see offense because too often the Pirates have just struggled offensively, and they have the guys. I mean, when you think about that one through six, Cruz, Reynolds, Hayes, Sawinski, Kutch, or whoever's platooning with Andrew Davis, like that's that, if all those guys have the seasons they're capable of, at least you're out there playing competitive baseball, scoring four or five runs a night, not getting shut out. You know, I think that's people want to see, them, see them not just win 80 or 85 games they want to see them be in games you know you lose six to five that sucks but at least that was a game that was entertaining that was fun versus losing three
0: nothing you know getting shut out yep i'm with you it it's a i think it's a fun team on paper curious to see how it all comes together but there is some youth that i want to see where they go And i I am interested in the offensive side as we talked about i do have some shares with some guys just because they're in value and i'm curious to see where it all goes before we head on out of here, why don't you remind everybody where they can find you, what you got going on, plug everything. <laughs> Thanks, well, I'm and
1: DFS on Twitter. Um, I'm still covering the NBA here for a few more months with uh, player props and betting, DFS, all that. Um, and then baseball starts up, we'll be doing base uh, MLB DFS, right? With Baller, but also with my own uh, sub stack, I'll be doing a lot of um, Pitcher props, K props are kind of my favorite thing, especially early in the year when they're oh, soft. We're gonna hit those. Uh Mitch Keller was good for us last year for the time. first couple months of the season. And um, and uh, then all summer long, right? We go, you know, go with baseball. And so, anyways, check me out on Twitter. I have links to my sub stack there, and then of course you can all find all my work over at Roadballer. By the way, I wanted to say congrats on your FSAWA nomination for this pod, man. Finally,
0: about time, right? yeah it feels good it feels good to finally happen so i appreciate that uh, it's been a yeah. while i've been doing it for a long time so <laughs> yeah i know
1: well it's like listen you do something like this that's such high quality you deserve to have the validation of your peers and um i know you that didn't need it but it's probably nice to have it um obviously you've been doing this for a long time and it's a
0: high quality production so congrats and uh to many more years. I appreciate it, man. Um, and many more years, and I look forward to having you on next year again to talk about the Pittsburgh Pirates. And okay, we'll maybe see. in season, we'll see. I have a better schedule this year, so I might. I'm, I plan on doing a few more shows throughout the year because why not? Awesome. <laughs> what else is there to do? Yeah, um, why not? But, uh, as always, check him out on Twitter at ThunderDanDFS. Thanks for joining me, my friend. I appreciate it. You got, it, brother. Um, this was Bench with Bubba, episode six forty-four. Your Pittsburgh Pirates twenty twenty-four team preview. Catch okay, you all next time.